Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Big three thoughts for the week, and there's a big one thought, and everything kind of falls in line with that. And it's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, there was a deadline. There were apparently offers. They were making moves. Miami Dolphins clearing cap room. It all meant nothing. Uh, you know, sound and fury, signifying nothing. And I'll tell you, Jonathan Taylor now out the first four weeks of the season. Officially, we're game on. Uh, we are headed down. It has a little bit of a different look today, but man, it has it's the closest thing it feels to Le'Veon Bell vibes, does it not? Like this is not on good footing. Uh, we're learning a lot about what a accrued season means, Jordan. We do this periodically in our NFL tracking and dynasty career arc here. But again, I, I think I always I'll start by saying this. I always say when a starting running back, there's turmoil, there's injury, there's uncertainty that it benefits us because I guarantee for people that are in more than five leagues, you have more shares of other Colts running backs than you do Jonathan Taylor. So I will start with that. From a market share perspective, this is interesting and uh, potentially profitable for us. Yeah, I mean, we've been in on this for a while. Uh, by the way, I think I think the idiot that told the story in that quote from Macbeth that you referenced, that is definitely Jim Ursay, right? So that just so we're clear on our Macbeth. Our imagery while we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the poor player and idiot. And that is Jim Ursay. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we should have been in on this for a while, right? Like, and, and we've talked about this, like, you know, I'm still not clear on what is actually uh, what is his inability to perform at present. That's the thing about the Jonathan Taylor saga that I'm not sure about because it seems like it's the ankle, but then there's the back and forth about the back. And now it more seems like he was in pads the other day at practice. Well, then he, he said it was fine, right? He had that one like 36 hour period. He's like, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't and know then, what all these reports are like, about. He was, he wasn't now there he's on and now he's back. Like it does not. This is come on. Can we get a third party in here? Like, can right. we get the NFL office? Are you healthy? Right. I, this I is don't screwball stuff. I, so I am, I am. So let's start with the backfield, right? I think Zach, sure. there's a good chance that it's Zach Moss. Like, I don't he's know. Trending, he's trending one. towards being like, you look at timetables, like he could be there week one. And yes. he is the default. He's out there at a de decent amount. Like he's one that this week, if he's available, he has to be rostered in leagues. Like that's just an un... This is like the Matt Breida thing, right? You yep. may not be appetized about the thought of Zach Moss, but... He, he is likely the running back too on an offense that has a mobile quarterback, a good system, and game on. You want the starter. The point is you want that starter in Jonathan Taylor's absence. And the odds are the highest that it's Zach Moss, if healthy, for week one, for sure. Sorry. Right. We've seen Deion Jackson be competent as a receiving threat. I'm not right. sure that's the offense for him. Right. Evan Hall. But is it, you know what, what Deion Jackson reminds me of? He reminds me of a little bit like, Jerick McKinnon, he reminds me a little bit of probably Chris Evans that people are pumping up. I think at his heart, at his peak, 
He's an, he's a ancillary back. He's more of a receiving centric ancillary back. And I think Evan Hall does a little more of everything, but it's ambiguous. You have three guys and the point is all three need to be rostered. I'm not saying you should try to go get all three in one league, but you want to have a little taste, a piece of that pie because you could be right and you could be right for a long time. So big stakes here. And, you know, Evan Hull, he's looked really good in terms of a potential three down player. Deion Jackson, I have a little more question about that. Zach Moss, Jordan can speak to that as much as anybody. Like he is very much a, just a guy and he has round three pedigree. <laughs> so he could look, he could be a six round guy. That's just a guy. But the point is they sought him out. He's on that depth chart and he's the incumbent leader at point. So, yeah, you know, one thing we do, we also talk a ton about like arbitraging profiles, right? Uh, when you go to mock draftable, which basically gives you the, the, the nearest looking profiles to players physically. So Evan Hall comes in 5'10", 209, 447, 37 inch vert, 123 broad, uh, six nine three cone four three eight uh, short shuttle right when you sort of ag- when you put all that together, his next closest comps his five next closest comps are pretty interesting. Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, uh, Marlon <laughs> Barnes from the nineteen nineties, but Deneric Prince and Bijan Robinson. So when you start looking at guys like that's pretty interesting. There's some other guys familiar names as well: Joseph Adai, Darius Walker. Uh, Kenneth Dixon uh, uh, and yeah. uh, Darrington Evans on that list. So there's guys like there's NFL. You put that crock pot together and that's the type of thing you want to see from a guy that was very much affordable. Correct. So I, I'm interested, right? I think he actually tested better than he was as a player. Probably would yeah. be the best way I would describe it. So we'll see how that goes. But again, I think if you put a back next to uh, next to Anthony Richardson, right? We've seen that unlock things. And um you know, so I'm I'm interested in having a share. It's not probably a week one starter in my view, but it could be a week two starter. Right? If we get clarity and it's going to be like, hey, Zach Moss is playing 80% of snaps, I think he's probably going to be in lineups in week two, right? So that would sort of be the thing that I would say there. Um, I do think that this, right, we say a couple of things about running backs, right? You never buy them at their ceiling, at the, at the right, off their highest performance. You never buy them high, uh, but w- you buy them, when guys do that and then drop in price, that's where you got to be in, right? So that's typically injury, uh, suspension, uh, and whatever this sort of amalgamation of those two, it this fits. It feels half suspension-y, half injury-related. It feels more suspension-related than anything, to be totally honest, as I'm sitting here watching this. So I do think being in on Jonathan Taylor makes a lot of sense from a – you know, a, a team building perspective, right? And you got to play the long game on this, right? He's an elite, he says he has a running back one overall finish on his resume, right? This is an elite fantasy player. Now, if he's going to fall, you know, someone passed along today that they're in a startup draft and Javante Williams went ahead of him, right? Like it's not the majority of leagues. That's probably not even 20% of leagues. But if that's, you know, if that's 5% of owners and you play in a lot of leagues, like you got to be out there and investigating these these things right so i do think being in that marketplace i think is interesting you know is there some two-way go potential on him as well i think that's that's something to think about you know i I put out a poll on twitter with a couple of different ideas uh just trying to get a a gauge on the market what do you prefer in ppr superflex dynasty jonathan taylor or random future first 68 percent of people said taylor but 
almost a third of people said the random future first, right? What do you prefer in Superflex Dynasty? This one actually surprised me. Christian McCaffrey in a second or Jonathan Taylor in a future first? Uh, 46% of people took McCaffrey in the second, which actually stunned me. I thought it would be vastly different than that. I thought a lot more people would take the Taylor side. So there's a market there that's actually surprising. You know, you got to go check that out. Uh, the other one I did was Ramondre Stevenson or Jonathan Taylor. 60% of people said Jonathan Taylor, 40% said Ramondre Stevenson. But, you know, I think this is a place where you go and you can package, you know, does DeAndre Swift plus get you a package that gets Jonathan Taylor, right? You always sort of package that direction. You, right. You want to sell, you, you want to sell people pieces for their problem. And this is the perfect scenario to do that. Right. So you either do that or I think you arbitrage and, and open up a two-way go kind of like that McCaffrey deal. Yep. Yeah. And I think, again, getting younger, the possibilities, this is the exact time to strike. You know, we talk about getting depressed profiles and it is right now. It's not in week three. It's not when something comes out that he's trending towards being back. Um, I've gotten more low ball offers today for Jonathan Taylor than I have all off season combined. So this is the day, this is the time to strike this week, you know, now send offers, like you said, even if it's only, you know, if you're in 20 leagues, 5% means he's out there available, swimming around in one of them. He's going to maybe go to somebody, somebody else, maybe not you got to be out there. got to make the offer, have that conversation. I mean, both of us have probably numerous examples of, you know, we talk about headhunting. No one's going to come to you and probably like fire, like it's very unlikely you get an auto accept in your inbox fire sale on Jonathan Taylor or a stud quarterback this off season, or it just doesn't fall in your lap. Like life is not that easy dynasty and getting uh, profiles that you are actually seeking at a price you are fine palatable is not just something that walks in the door. So you have to go out there and start with the offer. You have to go knock on the door. It can be uncomfortable. Every once in a while, someone might use a curse word. Someone might say, stop sending me offers every once in a while. But guess what? You see deals are getting done and it's not you. So the biggest difference is they made the offer. You did not. Uh, I'm going to say two words and pass it to you, Jordan. Trey Lance. Um, yeah, I mean, this was something that we've kind of warned against for a while. I mean, not that he would get traded to Dallas in backup Dak Prescott, but that that profile was way too expensive, right? And I think that especially QB three, yeah, you can't you can't be that expensive, right? You can't. No. Um, and and that's the you got to bet on profiles, right? You bet on proven profiles of quarterback. You got to be really careful when they're not, uh, and when they show you that they're not, and they still remain a top ten guy, you got to get the hell out of there, right? That's when you're in a building and all you see is smoke everywhere, right? Don't necessarily seek out the source of the smoke. Get the hell out of the building. That's kind of what you do when you see a quarterback like Trey Lance. Right? Anthony Richardson's a good example of this. Right? I'm a little bit more bullish on Richardson than I was Trey Lance, but um, you know, I, like you can't wait 18 months and be like, "Well, I'm not sure." Like you got to go, right? Um, that's that's yeah. that's that's my my thought there. Um, you know, this has been percolating, right? If you've read anything. If you've listened to anyone talk that is that is plugged into San Francisco, this was under the radar, right? This was not under the radar. This was uh, implicit, right? The questions about him were implicit in what they said. Uh, and I think that that's, some, that's a lesson to take from this. Uh, he is, by the way, no threat. He, 
<laughs> he's a negative threat. He's he, so uh, Trey Lance got replaced by Sam Darnold, who of guys that have been drafted or have the, have played a thousand <laughs> snaps in the NFL in the past uh, five or six years, uh, he ranks only ahead of Davis Mills in EPA per play. Okay, he is like the second worst quarterback over that span to play any any substantial uh, playing time. Trey Lance lost to that guy. Okay, so if you're one of these brainiacs on Twitter making jokes about Trey Lance, okay, or if you're Skip Bayless and you want to say, oh, like you know, it's week three and Dak Prescott, you know, threw an interception, right? And uh, you know, he led the league in interceptions last year and blah blah blah, right? Just remember that Trey Lance lost to the second worst quarterback over the last six years. Right? Wait, and let me put one more thing in there for the QB two job. Correct. <laughs> and he lost out Not for to the, the QB one job. job by a guy that was undrafted or, yeah. or was drafted with the last pick of the draft. Right. Yeah. So um, that guy, that, that, that guy should never win that job. Correct. Never. Correct. correct. Trey Lance should have never even had the door open for Brock Purdy to win and have all the statements early in the offseason be like, well, if he's healthy, he's our guy. Yes. What else did you need to hear, right? Like, he was still going the teens, firmly in the teens, right? Earlier the quarterback this year. Position. Well, that's Earlier what I mean. Like, after they said, if Brock Pur- Purdy is healthy, he's our guy. It's and, and honestly, Jordan, like, you you did downplay the Sam Darnold thing. I still thought reclamation Sam Darnold was a big heaping threat. <laughs> I still thought that that was a, you don't want a guy with pedigree coming. You want like Kyle Allen. You want like uh, Trevor Simeon. Like that's what you wanted to see come in. You didn't want someone that's a top five pick who, you know, you, you can squint and find games where Sam Darnold's like, Oh, maybe there's a little something, something there. You don't want that coming in. I I just, wow. I Here's the thing. I still think back, Jordan, think about the difference in this. Everyone supporting Trey Lance, a guy that has sparsely played in the NFL and a relative unknown. Listen to what the 49ers were saying and listen to what Dynasty was saying about Trey Lance. Compare that to Jordan Love. So Jordan Love, he's our guy. And what did they do in the spring? Move on from Aaron Rodgers. We knew that this was going to happen at some point. And the fact that Jordan Love was cheaper, I mean, it's mind-blowing, this comparison between the two quarterbacks that Trey Lance was far more expensive. Yeah, it didn't make didn't make much sense. And it's it's still, you know, I, I was just looking back at tweets that I had in June, <laughs> February of this year, talking about uh, you know, he was uh, uh you know he was he was quarterback 10 in a startup that I saw in April. What are people doing? Hey, I just 10 a highly yeah. competitive top 15 or 20. Yes. Highly competitive. Draft and backups. That's mindless. Right. Let's just look at it. Take pedigree out of it. Do you want a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback? <laughs> Quick quiz. Now, in only, here's... only in Dynasty could people choose the backup in that situation. Right. Because redraft, guess what? Guess where guys like, again, if you want to use this, oh, young and appealing and all this stuff, like, Again, look at what the, the wackadoodle stuff in Dynasty they do at wide receiver. But transpose that, where does Cooper Cup go? Where does Devontae Adams go? Where does Tyreek Hill go? Where do all these guys go at the wide receiver position in redraft? Really high. So what does that mean? 
yeah, they're probably gonna have a really good season. And yet people in dynasty get all out in front of their skis and are like, I care about the trajectory they are on. And if they get on a bad trajectory, then I don't like that for 2025. I mean, it's weird. It's absolutely weird. And here's the other thing. Trey Lance now, I I, I did a poll, 92% said they would take a second over Trey Lance. That's the correct answer, by the way. But I do think... What are 8% of people doing? uh, Giving a second for Trey Lance and getting a, hopefully, competing with Cooper Rush, who he's not going to beat out this year for a backup spot. That's what he's hoping. And you need a Dak Prescott injury. And then, apparently, you need Trey Lance to play so well, they go, Dak Prescott, uh, sorry, we're moving on. That's apparently what you need to happen. (laughs) And then you win. Jordan, then you win. High on hopium. (laughs) Okay. Let's go all the way down to this. Is is Trey Lance outlined the scenario where, regardless of what the cost is, he's worth a roster spot. What's the roster size in Superflex? I mean, we're in a 40-man start, too. Right? He deserves a roster spot yes. there. But no, um, but like the 28 standard safe leagues. You can't. Because, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's Superflex only, no tight end premium, 28 is still pretty constrained. Select, possibly, backup quarterbacks on your roster. Select. We're talking Jameis Winston. We're talking Mike White. There's a handful of others i don't think you can put trey lance in that bucket so we're talking about like you're not even interested third round pick not interested 25 percent waiver dollars you would go well why <laughs> like those should be your responses right i yeah. just you still i still can't get over this jordan my final point a team traded three first round picks to get you and Partway through your rookie contract said, we don't want you here. (laughs) That is a lot of baked in cost to say, get out of this building for a fourth round pick, which that is the cost of Clayton Toon, Jake Hayner, these types. That's cheaper than Kellen Mond. This is the unknown little murky universe of quarterback prospect. That's how they value them. Fourth was the best they could get. Yeah. Leave. Minimal cost this year. Get out. Very affordable cost next year. We don't like you. Fifth year option. Why would we bother? Yeah. That that is they're saying that ex- those exact phrases. Not in public, but with their moves. I, I don't understand how we, I mean, it has to be like Sam Darnold. We can get on board with Sam Darnold. Why? Well, I don't know. He's beating out Trey Lance. That's kind of cool. And you say, well, he's off the waiver wire or like a throw into deals. And, he, and now he's an injury away. We can't even say it with Trey Lance. Ooh. Anything can else? We do a I mean, dramatic reading of, of <sighs> Trey Lance quotes that include the words hurts and floor in them. Oh, no. Oh my God. Jalen Hurts is Lance's floor with draft capital and offensive weapons. Ceiling is Lamar with a better arm. You love that. You're dramatically underestimating the value of rushing. My argument isn't even in uh, encompassing 
by the way, that's spelled wrong. Uh, <laughs> his passing, he can be a horrible passer and a high end quarterback one with his legs. Uh, Lance will be the nice safe floor at worst, like Hertz, as long as San Francisco isn't dumb and starts Jimmy. This is, by the way, last summer. But he also has the fantasy MVP upside that I love. Fantasy MVP. I saw, yeah. I saw this one. Dak Prescott is a leader of men and will turn Lance into an elite NFL quarterback. <laughs> and it shows and it shows Dak Prescott with the headset on calling plays. <laughs> from, from the preseason game. You remember that? Yeah. Oh. I think Trey Lance's floor is a rich man's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this one's good too. Uh, the biggest misunderstanding about rushing quarterbacks: rushing is not what c- creates the break uh, fantasy ceiling. Rushing creates a usable floor, even if the passing is bad. Break fantasy is Kyler, Lamar, or Allen. It's to be determined if Lance is hurt or Allen. I mean, what is? I, I just. If you took advice from people that told you this, like, I'm sorry that you didn't find this sooner, but like, don't, when people say stuff like that, don't listen to them. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Can't wait for Trey Lance to grow into an elite quarterback with a team other than the 49ers. Yeah. If Trey Lance starts, the QB2 job. If Trey Lance starts, he will be at worst Jalen Hurts and at best quarterback one. So at least that person caveated the possibility that he actually wouldn't start. Right. So it's just, I mean, QB one, QB one. How about you have a top twelve season once? We can start talking about something. It's horrible. We can start the conversation about something legitimate, something an acorn of something. Oh it's my god! Wild. Here's the thing: in t- in a vacuum, that statement is moronic. When you consider the state of the quarterback, the quarterback position, it becomes infinitesimally more moronic <laughs> because you know who he has to beat. <laughs> it is a highly competitive quarterback marketplace out there. And you're just like, we were talking on a different part of Dynasty Think Tank for this week. I mean, if you're predicting a new top six quarterback, never done it before this year, I would say this. Gino did it last year. Came came completely out of the blue. But I would say this. Do you know the number of guys that are in the NFL right now that have a top six season? There's a lot of them. Those are all guys that have been there, done that. And they're all apparently going to cave. There is a total. It includes Jameis Winston, by the way. We have 18 quarterbacks active in the NFL. Not all are starters right now. But you're going to pass all. (laughs) You have to pass at least 13 of them. At least. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Lance was going to do it. Jordan, he's going all the way to the top. Okay, way too long. We're, we're like punch drunk in our enjoyment of, of how this is nonsensical. Uh, by the way, I had work. several we're, beers the other day. Without saying I told traded. you so, we have done so many different ways of saying I told you so, and we've never said it. Uh, by the way, don't I, do that. I, I was don't do sitting that in front of my microphone about four beers deep after he got traded, and I was like, just, just, for the love of God, don't hit play or don't hit record because yeah. the dramatic reading is going to be a lot worse than what just came well, out. Well, again, like, if it's for your people, I mean, it's fine, right? Oh, well, a yeah. free show out to everybody. Probably not the greatest idea. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one. Let's make this short. Arizona quarterbacks. 
Uh, they went from four to two, maybe not to the two that you thought. Kyler Murray out to start the year. That was probably the likely outcome, but we get that confirmed. And they're going with a rookie day three and the guy they just brought in that boggles your brain because in his roundabout journey, Joshua Dobbs from team to team to team. Yeah, the decision-making process of Tennessee to start him basically in a win or go home situation last year and then let him walk. And then Cleveland to uh, pick him up. Cleveland picks him up and then actually drives Dorian Thompson Robinson and then strikes gold with Dorian Thompson Robinson as a backup. And it then allows them to trade Joshua Dobbs. Um just an unbelievable to Arizona who now, instead of, instead of being able to have paid basically nothing for Joshua Dobbs five months ago, now pays capital to Joshua Dobbs after giving all of the first team snaps all along the way to Colt McCoy. Um, I don't know, like there's so many process failures in that, that whole chain of events. The only team that actually comes out looking good in it is Cleveland and so basically you're getting to a spot where Arizona's prop uh, win total basically goes down to three and a half. Um, and so basically what you're doing is you're paying for a quarterback to come in and tank, like just start Clayton tune. Right. I don't, I, I just uh, like if mind blowing, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, and uh, Joshua Dobbs is fine. This isn't an anti Joshua Dobbs thing. Like he deserves a pickup and super flex and all that. That's fine. But he's a road to nowhere. Nowhere. And if you're going to go a road to nowhere, like I'm fine taking a volume shot at quarterback, but do it like Cleveland did, which is just, take, you know, pay nothing for him and then draft someone and just keep sort of churning that out the way they did it. And instead, like you get these te- you get you get Arizona, who it just feels like Arizona's the the team in your league that the guy is constantly trading away future picks because he um you know, he's got to lock in like a starter this week and who's constantly finishing like, you know, uh, five and nine. Right. And never has his future first. Like that's the type of thought process that goes into this. And I thought Arizona had had a really good off season up until they paid uh, picks for Joshua Dobbs when they could have had him for free and just, you could have gone any number of ways. I mean, hell claim Bailey Zappi for nothing. You know, claim Bailey Zappi and, st- and and Joshua Dobbs cost $2 million in free agency five months ago, right? I just, I don't, it, it's a nonsensical decision for them. It's just, I, it doesn't make any sense. That's my very, rant. very early polling. And about 30% of people have Trey Lance more likely than Jameis Winston to have a top six finish in the future. Set everything you know on fire. <laughs> What is the point of all this? The, how many more times do we have to talk about repeats, right? Repeat factor over and over again. You'd rather have someone that's done it than not done it. In the sentence, period. Punctuation mark. I know you put a period at the end of something when you tweet or when you send a text and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk for using using the end of a sentence that's not an emoji or an exclamation point how dare they i always think the passive aggressive is doing question mark (laughs) like i always think that i'm ron burgundy (laughs) 
he's going to finish you want me to come over tonight like it's always it's like well i basically don't want to but you're saying to so i don't question mark okay did i get enough here we go barn burner super flex point per carry two ppr tight end best ball mr joshua allen the third four we have josh dotson Three twenty-four first, two twenty-four seconds. I assume that's Jahan Dotson. Yeah, sorry. I assume that's Jahan Dotson. Um, I've been known to sorry. actually uh, say Josh Dotson several times when just when describing Jahan Dotson, which yeah. I hope Jahan Dotson. It felt wrong when I wrote it, Jordan. It felt really wrong when I wrote it. Uh, you yeah. know what? I misspelled Dotson. <laughs> <laughs> I misspelled the TCU wide receiver that everyone loved to hate. Well, it's best ball. Maybe no. Exactly. Always. This is Treadwell still alive. <laughs> uh, we're going Josh Allen, and this feels oh. like it's two first short. It. You know. You know how how uh, close this poll was. Do I want to know? Probably. I think so. Is it, Guess is the it poll. Sixty forty in favor of Allen. You're about right. Yeah. Actually, Trey Lance. By the way, in that last poll, I said he's up to forty five percent. We're going 50-50 with Jameis Winston. One of them actually has a clarified number two role. I don't know if that should play a part in these people's mindset. But um, yeah, I, I put this poll out and it was far closer than you would think. Yeah, um, it was, what was the result? Here it is, 64-36. Uh, so 36%, liking those picks, baby. Can we and rerun I will this say, with, with instead of J- Jahan Dotson, can we rerun it with Trey Lance? George, with George Pickens? <laughs> rerun it with George Pickens. We want to get up to 50-50. Let's juice this poll. I'm going to fabricate trades now just to just to get the result I want. Get it as close to 50-50. If I add George Pickens to this, it's going to go 55-45 the other way. You better be very careful. Um, what What is your overall thought on best ball? That, does this soften stud quarterbacks or you're like, hey, Steel is what I want. I want the weapon. No, it's point for carry. So I mean, I think I think if you start, Josh Allen is like Giannis in this format. (laughs) 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 This is who you want, right? Yeah. Um, No, I'm. I'm. I think people, when you change your strategy substantially uh, in basketball, you want good players. You want the profiles. You want the. You want elite players, right? I think it matters a little bit positionally how you want to tinker with it. Yeah. Um, but no, like it, it, elite quarterbacks are still elite quarterbacks, no matter the format. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's, you know, unless it's like start one and you know, that, that can change stuff. But, um, but if it's super flex, like I, the fact that it's best ball, like you still need the guy with an enormous ceiling to 40, to, 40 point ceilings any given week. Right. Absolutely. Cause you know what? That's going to be in your lineup. Yeah. He's a, he's a box score stuffer. Like he scores every way that the system rewards it in this format. Um, and I will say, that the team getting Josh Allen, one of those firsts and one of the seconds are from that team. So again, you're kind of locking in. And I would say this, like, I think a lot of people get googly eyes and they're like, well, I'm getting picks so I can get Caleb Williams. Okay. Let's play this whole thing out. Let's say the other two, let's say you make it, let's say one of the picks turns into one-on-one. You have one-on-one in this format and you walk up and you take one-on-one drafted Caleb Williams. Okay. Well, that didn't help you this year. At all. You took a zero this year. Josh Allen is out there doing his alien work. He's playing. 
And then next year, rookie Caleb Williams, you drafted him. You're super excited. What's the typical finish for a one-on-one drafted quarterback? Okay. Well, it's QB 23, 24. So if you say, ah, he's a playmaker, he's going to be awesome. All right, let's move. Let's bump that way up. QB 18. Okay. So now we're two years in and you took a zero at the most important position, essentially. And then the other teams are Josh Allen. Year two, Josh Allen versus QB 18 or 16. Pick whatever you want. Those are really nice, uh, nice positive results for a rookie quarterback. Two years in, it's a bloodbath. <laughs> Year three, is Caleb Williams as good as Josh Allen? You see where I'm going with this. It's hard to catch up. It might be one and a half championships the other way in three years. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. Jahan Dotson, that's nice. Is he going to be elite? How elite does he have to be for you to give up Josh Allen and some picks? So it's just, and I will say it was apropos because this is a deal I made to get Josh Allen. And I will say this in, I have zero need at quarterback. And I said, I have all these picks. I was actually trying to sell them Bryce Young. <laughs> this is what we mean by making an offer. I was trying to sell them Bryce Young. And it turned around that they wanted to sell me Josh Allen and not even get Bryce Young back. Oh my God. What a catastrophe. Right. It started out with, I did Bryce Young plus, plus, plus for Josh Allen. And they turned it into this because they wanted picks. I didn't even know that at the time, but this is why you start the conversation. I have no need at quarterback. I will repeat that. But now maybe I'm selling a quarterback. I have the optionality to sell. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Maybe it is Bryce Young. Maybe it is uh, Mac Jones. I have a bunch of starting quarterbacks in best ball, but Josh Allen to me is one that you, this is why you cash in extra picks. So again, he got Josh Dotson and potential stuff. Cause you know what? You want to take those picks and turn that into something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can save some face. Maybe if you trade three first for Justin Herbert, this trade can look okay. Herbert might finish one to the league. So you gotta be careful. The picks are great, but when you give up the, an alpha quarterback, a captain, I, I, you don't have that many doors to knock on to go get one back. So be careful. All right. Yeah. One more deal here. Not did I get enough. Uh, super flex Deontay Johnson, Devonte Adams four. Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, 24 first and a 24 third. Uh, so up? I like both Johnson and Adams. The problem that I have with this is giving up a future first yep. for wide receivers when that's the question, right? And we talked about this on the, on the, actually the after hour show, which we recorded before the show um, on the Patreon side. And I actually had a graph that goes along with it. So, yeah. Definitely dial that up for this week because that's um you know and you can go get that at Patreon, uh then you can find our link in our uh, uh in the show notes as well Patreon.com/slash Dynasty Think Tank, um I don't like I like Deontay Johnson I like Devontae Adams and I like them both more than Sky Moore and Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> However, when you start paying a first for that upgrade. Uh, you're limiting yourself at other positions. And I would just, if you if you think, well, hey, look at the value's good. I would just point you back 45 seconds ago when we just traded first uh, plus Jahan Dotson for Josh Allen. You might be it, one first short. Right. It precludes you from doing deals like that. Um, it precludes you from from selling that first right now for Jonathan Taylor. Right. It precludes you from doing stuff that 
when situations become more apparent and and ones you can capitalize on, it limits that flexibility. So I, while I liked Deontay Johnson and De- Devontae Adams, um, outside of being absolutely elite and, st- and, and star-driven at basically every other aspect of my roster, I want to hold the first because I think I can create Devontae Adams in the aggregate at a cheaper value, right? I think I can go out and get, um, you know, Amari Cooper is not going to match him, right? Uh, Keenan Allen is not going to match him, but they can play close enough uh, that uh, it's not like I, I can still maintain that first and not be probably meaningfully different in the in my lineup value. And um, that's the way that I would go. So instead of selling Dobbs and Sky Moore for these two guys, I would look to do that, you know, without the first, get myself a lineup solution using those two guys, but not using the first to go up against Adams and Deontay Johnson. Maybe I only need one. Yeah. This is really tough for me because Devontae Adams is one of those clear cut, like the profile is outstanding. I know he's 30 years old, but he's the kind of guy at 30 years old that like when I ran, you know, expected, you know, wide receiver one seasons remaining, he was top 10 still at 30 years old in the NFL because prior performance leads to future production. So it's a tough one for me because I like both guys. You plug them in. And if you are light at wide receiver, you're spending essentially one first to get two starters in your lineup. And minimum, one of them has an elite ceiling. And what you're saying about the trade flexibility is the reason to not do it. Because I don't think the, you know, if you add this to your team, you wouldn't be doing this deal if you didn't consider yourself a good team. And so the likelihood that this is probably a non-playoff team is not all. Probably, you know, with that pick. And so this is probably in this discussion, this ilk we've had over the last few shows of you can say the value is good, but it doesn't mean you should do it. This is the most tempting one to me out of all of them, uh, which is probably why I picked it. I am trending towards if it's like start three wide receivers, you got flexes beyond that. I mean, I I'm trending towards yes. I'm trending towards yes, because I know I would love to think that they've already tried to get a big fish, a bigger fish. And they are like, well, now it's lineup season. And I think Devontae Adams is on a multi-year window. And I like uh, Deontay Johnson as well. I don't like the two wide receivers I sold. So I think it's pretty close. And I'm trending towards yes, because I know what one typical Devontae Adams season means. And he's the type that kind of looks like he's built for more than one. So he's one of the select few. And we have a live update. Trey Lance has surpassed Jameis Winston. 51, 49. It's like a election. (laughs) The state is changing color right in front of your eyes on the big map, the big heat map. Trey Lance greater than Jameis Winston. Don't do it, DTT peeps. Don't do it. Don't do that. Trade. You could probably trade Trey Lance still for Winston Plus. Anything. The plus is anything. <laughs> Do it. Do it today. Do it right now. Um, yeah. I, I want to mention one thing about from Life and Dynasty. Uh, lessons learned. That let's remember the destination. Uh, I had a pretty 
I'm not going to call it crippling. That's a bad word to say. Um, I would say I had a very depleting day um, traveling to a new location early this week. And the whole time, again, the last few hours, things were not going well. Variety of fronts. But I remember the whole time, the destination. Why are we doing this? Why are we driving right now? Why are we driving where we're going? All those types of things. Why is this journey so tough? Well, because the journey is the destination. The journey is where you are going. And I think it is going to be distraction season starting now, right now for the next four months. Can you focus and keep all of these mantras and lessons and approaches that we talk about as macro things? It goes beyond players. We talk, we use players as a, as an example towards all of this messaging, which is where are we going? Remember the dynasty destination. We are going towards a buy. We are going towards the playoffs. We are going towards having a chance in December to raise a banner. And it starts there. Like when NFL teams, they should say, we are playing to win the Super Bowl. That can sound silly for some of these teams, but that's where you start. They say, aim for the moon. And even if you get over the fence, you don't aim for over the fence. You aim all the way. We are going for titles, as many titles as possible this year, and make decisions based on that. It's a little more complicated and nuanced than that, but that is the driving mantra. Win titles in 2023. And through that pathway, let's be competitive in 2024. But let's win in week one. Let's win week seven. Let's win enough games to keep playing in week 15, 16, 17. So remember the destination. Love it. Can't, you, can't really add your, anything to it. Keep okay. the, keep you, the, what's the saying? The main thing is keep the main thing the main thing, right? Yep. Just that's, that's what you're focused yeah. on. It sounds simple. Dynasty players can make it complicated. Dynasty content producers can make it complicated. Focus on different parts of your roster, different ways, and remember the destination. You already mentioned it a couple different times. What's on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank? We went after hours before the show for almost yeah. an hour discussing a variety of different topics, including both football and non-football. And it was great. We'll have a deeper dive topic this week as well, uh, working off some of the concepts that we talked about in this show, uh, which would be... Uh, which is always a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I mean, this is the time uh, a couple, couple of weeks ago, we did a Q and a, right. We did a live Q and a with, with patrons, uh, which was on a zoom call, which is, uh, which is great. Uh, we're constantly providing you additional information. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to me of, of people that have uh, listened to us in prior iterations and have said, Hey, you know, I kind of lost you guys for a while, but came back and I'm glad to see that you guys are, are still doing shows and doing more. Right. And I think that that's one of the, the best parts about Dynasty Think Tank, uh, giving you more options, more uh, content. So that way you can constantly be be working on your Dynasty teams. You can do all of that uh, with us over on the Patreon side. So that's patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. And, and just kind of uh, 
brainstorming here. I mean, some of the things we talked about months ago, you know, we talked about the hot seat. We finally got, we got Jordan on the hot seat. I had a bunch of questions for him. And frankly, I got to know him better and you will as well. So those are the types of things, you know, you get behind uh, the man and the content, you know, of, of who you listen to. We ramble, you might listen to this free show and that's it. Well, get to know us better uh, and you start to build that relationship. You know, you like listening to us and that means we blend uh, football as well as dynasty as well as uh, stuff going on in our lives and uh, and all of that. So that was the hot seat this week. Um, also, just kind of uh, brainstorming here, you know, one last thing is something, you know, we kind of talked about a leave behind. Well, that's something that really can come in handy in season, you know, so that could be, we, we also a lot of times put out these short shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, things are happening late in the week. And so, you know, that one final thought can be the difference. That can be the flip player the following week. That can be the streamer that turns your way that week, the next week, uh, a month later. So again, those leave behinds, those little things. Yeah. It doesn't mean a whole lot in July. You know what it means? September, October, November means a lot. So again, little things like this, we're always kind of percolating to add uh, to the Rolodex of content and action-oriented content that you receive here at Dynasty Think Tank, the channel. Thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, follow us at Chad Parsons NFL and at McMarin Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams over at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. Unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. <laughs> Thank you.